world, I'm Shawa Evans. And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black, black Hipster. Hipster. Where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, black gay pop culture, and, and sometimes, sometimes other, other shit. Alright, lots to talk about today, yes, Stanley. Yes, How are you doing though? I am doing well. <laughs> I feel like we haven't seen each other in a while. Well, because you've been out and about in yes, the world. Yes, yes. Well, I've been traveling for work. Yes, yes I was you away have. for and like five days. And before work, you were... In Boston or something? In Bo- no, no, I wasn't. I was in Boston. Yes, one weekend before that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because we had to like record a bunch of shit. Oh, and we then, did. Yeah. Oh, but then we re-recorded because a lot of stuff happened. And I was like, no, Stanley, we need to meet up and talk about exactly. this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. That was when you just came back from Boston. Yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But same deal. Lots happening. Always. Did uh-huh. you see us? I saw us. You I saw, saw it. it. Okay. Thursday. No. Friday. Oh, you saw it Thursday. No, I saw it Friday. I, I just saw got it Thursday. Back. No, did I see it Thursday? I don't know. You got back Wednesday night. I got back Wednesday night. We saw it. What was yesterday? Friday? Yesterday was Friday. I saw it Thursday <laughs> night. Saturday. Yeah, I saw it Thursday night. We walked up to um, the Nighthawk Cinema in Prospect. Um, not Prospect. In, is that yeah. Prospect? Yeah, near Prospect Park? Yeah, near Prospect Park. Yes. Yeah. What is it called it like again? Winter Terrace or something? I don't yeah. know. What is that? You know, that I don't know called? what any of this shit is called in Brooklyn anymore. Ooh, I know. Oh, I what was in it Sunset called before? Park, and that's about it. What was it called before when you were little? Prospect Park. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So it's the yeah. one in Prospect Park. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's like a 15-minute walk from us now. It used to be like less than a five-minute walk for us. Well, yeah. You used yeah. to live near Prospect yeah, Park. Yeah, we used to live right. So anyway, so we walked up there and we saw the movie in the theater. We had to sit in the front row. Are you serious? Yes, because... We sat a little too close to the screen, too. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. But we sat in one of those theaters where you picked the seats ahead of time. And I was like, this is what you picked? Uh, and he just looked at me like... Were you in the middle, though? Shut your mouth. Were you in a good seat? Are you in the middle? We were right in the middle. Yeah, which is And always. I think that he thought being in the middle was more important to me than the proximity to the screen. Oh, no, But no, no. we always have to compromise when we go because he likes to sit all the way at the back. And I like to sit closer to the screen. Why does he like he to does. sit all the way at the back? He doesn't want to be anywhere near the screen. And I'm like, that's crazy. Because it's good for his eye. And he I probably can know. see better. I don't know. Yeah. We were a little too close to the screen this time. Yeah. It's not good for y'all. He gave me that look like, you better shut your mouth. So I knew to let it go. Oh, okay, okay. Because I turned and I was like, even I don't want to sit this close to the screen he just looked at me and I was mm-hmm. like, never mind. Yeah, let me just get caught. Yeah, see, see. Yeah. Um, but the movie was Tell me not what you think. great. Not I just great. thought it was bad. And I thought it looked weird from the previews. But like I said, I, this is the first time in my life I would admit that I did something out of FOMO. Mm-hmm. Be- only because it was just like, oh, I can't trust other people's opinions about stuff. Because I know how widely my opinion differs mm-hmm. from most people yeah especially when it comes to like art and stuff like yes. that mm-hmm. so i couldn't trust anybody else telling me what they thought about the movie and then i'm just, just like okay well i think it looks weird but i gotta know for myself exactly. i just have to know for myself and then maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised yeah i was not pleasantly surprised I, it yeah. was just weird weird and weird and then i think that a lot of stuff didn't make sense exactly and didn't tie in properly mm-hmm. And then I just thought it was stupid. Yeah. I, I hate to use the word stupid because I never, because I don't ever want to be disparaging about someone's art. Like exactly. I know how much time and effort and energy and everything it takes in in like writing something, mm-hmm. like you know, a script, a treatment, all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't want to be disparaging. Um, but like maybe Jordan Peele has a really tough skin, and I could say Jordan Peele, this was stupid. Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he's he, <laughs> well, he's he a comedian. It, yeah, and you put it out there, and you know that it's it's then going to be sort of perceived by and interpreted mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked about it, and I think I was going in there, not ex- not with high expectations, because Get Out was, mm-hmm. 
Get Out was okay for me. Right. I think everyone loved it and Get Out was okay for me. But I liked Jordan Peele and I liked Get Out. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was okay. I thought Get Out was interesting. Yeah. And I thought the concept of what they were doing and what he was talking about was very interesting. Yes. And I think that it was a little more... Um, it was a little more realistic mm-hmm. in terms of like, well, that makes sense because we all know what we know about racism. Yes. So the idea that like white people would want to inhabit our bodies. Mm-hmm. To live longer. Right. Yeah. Isn't far-fetched. Yeah, like, isn't far-fetched. If they, like, if they, they would if, start like taking our bodies and implanting their brains in us. If we had that technology available, they I'm pretty sure they would have. But yeah. I think for any people, it's exactly. just like if you felt like another race of people or maybe even a particular person was just genetically mm-hmm. <laughs> genetically superior mm-hmm. that you would want to inhabit their body. Yeah. And then I think what his thing was talking about racism, which it was like, okay, well, we all know from slavery and the history of this country yeah. that that was a thing. Yeah. That, like, that white slave owners in the United States saw black people as genetically superior and thought that Physically, Physically, they were better built, mm-hmm. which was like, they're great for our fields, but we have to make sure we take their minds Yeah, because if their minds were actually able to be developed, then they would overtake us. Mm-hmm. That was kind of where racism goes back to, right? It's, you know, it's predicated on that, that idea. And so it was like, well, it's not far-fetched no. that he just did it in this different way. Um, so I think that's what made it a little more interesting. Well, it made it a lot more interesting. You know, I hated the end of that movie. I said it was stupid. Yes. Cause you like, say. a you like a more realistic sort of, uh, tone or thread in your movie. Right. Like that's when you can agree. Cause I'm, I can appreciate usually for what it is. Like I said, I can love, I love my slasher movies. I don't like those ghost ones <laughs> where the ghost comes movie. back. Well, you know, the movie like a Freddy Krueger, Jason. Right. I like those. And then, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, he's attacking you in your dreams or you shot him, you <laughs> chopped so off good. his head so and he, he goes, you know, he doesn't die. It's like, I can still, I still appreciate it for what it was. And if you give me a decent explanation as to why he's regenerating mm-hmm. and uh, he's been blown up 20,000 times, I get it. Or sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. It's just fun. <laughs> but did you feel like, okay, so you definitely didn't feel like this made sense. Did you feel like some of the loose ends were tied up in us? Are the style, the no. directing was good? <clears throat> no, I didn't think any of the loose ends were It was, but honestly, at the end of the day, I was just like, this is so silly. Yes. It just, it felt like a waste of my time, but yes. we saw it on a Thursday night and it was pouring raining in New York all day. Mm-hmm. So I felt better that I hadn't wasted a Saturday night. Yes. And was like out and about with all the stupid people and mm-hmm. had to worry about the teenagers talking through the movie, having to shush somebody. Exactly. Potentially get into a brawl and all the things that come along with going We're to going the movies to movie. here. Yeah. Um, but we also go to the Regal and Battery Park, mm-hmm. which is like very nice. Yes. We, yes. We, we're willing you to pay a little bit more money because, you know. How much were the tickets, by the way? Well, um, my baby mom's gets a discount. Oh, fancy. <laughs> through Postmates or whatever. Mm-hmm. So $10. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. $10 mm-hmm. each. It, I think. Typically there, it's like 17 Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. not cheap. It's not cheap at all. All right. Um, so we both felt the same way, I think, about yeah, us. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, even without, like I said, and I'll just leave it alone, but <laughs> even without the sort of, the the horror aspect of the movie, and it didn't grab me. Because, you know, at the first part of the movie, they're just sort of setting up the characters, who they are, are they likable. I didn't think the dialogue was interesting. I thought it was very, it just didn't. I wasn't, uh, what is the word? Invested. Right. And from the beginning. They also, and that Winston Duke was also just very goofy and silly and yeah, stupid. Yeah. And I and I get that. So there are guys I can write. But I feel like once your family's in danger and like their lives are at stake. Yeah. That goes away to some extent. Like you buck up. 
And I get that it was like, okay, yeah, he's this big guy, but he's not a big tough guy. Yeah, he's lovely. But, I mean, yeah. he was, yeah. I was like, who wants to be married to that dude? I, and then he had this dad bod. And I was like, did they make him get a dad bod for this movie? Well, he didn't take it. Did he take a shot off? No, thank God. No one I think his, that. I think his but body's he, like that. No, really? Yes, because... I he, feel like in Black Panther, he no. definitely was way tighter. Possibly, but he okay, definitely I wasn't. Comment he on definitely wasn't. Body. Well, because he didn't have his shirt off. You know, I don't mind. I think I don't mind. Right, at all. and you know, Black Panther, they would have had to take that shirt yeah, off. Yeah, he didn't he have his shirt off. With and it. I think he's a good-looking guy. And eventually, who knows? I, yeah, I think what's he, the Duke? He's like very him. handsome. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. I like him. I you think know, he's a good actor. That's why I'm like, I'm not gonna comment on his body. You know, it's not my place to say. But I we, think he has the bones to yeah. have a banging ass body he just needs a trainer well, and work yeah. that out we all have but he references. for sure I think it was they were making a point of making sure he had a dad bod yes probably. in the movie probably I don't know I think to me he had the same bod as he did in Black Panther because oh, okay. they only but showed his arms then and I'm I, on my, I my business and well, you know, I still about that I, I like all different types of bodies so I'm about Winston Duke's body <laughs> so you know whatever I don't mind a Michael B. Jordan I'm just putting that out there. Well, I think you and uh, a lot of people, men and women, yeah. do not mind a Michael B. Jordan. But go on, I'm sorry. Okay, no, so now that we've talked about that for like 10 whole minutes, yes. we've got just a little bit of time to really get into all the shit that's been going on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We ain't even talking about the world today. We just talking about the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, your girl, um, what was Aunt Becky? <laughs> Which I think. Oh, because I'm like who? I'm like who? Hey, let me put my wine down. I think my favorite part of this is she played Aunt Becky. Yes, I'm Becky. She played a Becky, and Mm -hmm. what a Becky she is. Yes. So I know you love Felicity Huffman. She got all swept into this shit too. But Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, Mm -hmm. they got arrested. Yeah, they (laughs) They got straight arrested. Yeah, I was so. Well, they're out of bail now. Well, they're out. But I was so pleased that they actually got arrested, only because it was just like that's my aunt Becky, a desperate housewife. You are not above the law, and I like Felicity Huffman. I do, and I love um, what's his name, her husband. um, William H. Macy. I love William H. Macy. Love him. Yes. Um, so I was like, damn, they got caught up. But guess what? You can't cheat the system. If your kids ain't smart enough to get into the school, they don't get into the they school. They don't get into school. You decide you want to pull some college admissions scams to get your kids. They said Lori Laughlin paid $500,000 to get both of her daughters. I said, well, how stupid are her kids? Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I think it, with Felicity Huffman, it was only like fifteen. dollars It was only $15,000. That's that only, like, that's nothing, but... But still, it was a I lot mean, less, and she, she, has, she only did it for one of the daughters, which I also thought was interesting as well, was that I, the art, I think it was on CNN, because I read a couple of articles when mm-hmm. it broke, and CNN said they named her daughter, Lori Laughlin, the Becky. Uh-huh. But I was like, I didn't remember her name Aunt at Becky. all. I was like, I'm Becky. I don't remember her real name. Aunt Becky and Uncle Jesse. They, well, you know, her daughters, two of them. She has two daughters. They're big Instagram stars. One of them, right. I think, has She's over an one point. Yeah. She posted a video a couple years ago, I think, about she was talking about how stupid college was. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I know she was talking about college. Yeah. And how she it was stupid. And she needed to go or something like that. So so apparently, I read what they CNN ended the article. Um, I believe it was CNN saying. They named Felic- They named her daughters, mm-hmm. Laura Laughlin, but they didn't name Felicity Hoffman's daughters because they found out they were not aware of what was going right, on. Right, right. So my thing is, are there going to be charges against 
the daughters, the daughters? Oh. because they knew what was going on. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, the only charges that can be filed are against the people who actually committed the crime. So it's like money exchanged hands or hands and never, you know, yeah. accounts or whatever between this party and that party. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you are like, oh, I'm going to go rob a bank and I'm like, okay, cool. And you're like, I'm going to give you some of the money. And I'm like, all right. But I don't have no part of it. You can't indict me. Stanley went robbed the bank. Yes, he said he's going to give me some money. So I was going to reap some benefit of what he was going to do. And I knew about it. But I had no part of it. So does I didn't that... plot with him. That's true. So the girls, did they end up going to the school, her daughters? No. This whole shit got blown up before. I... Well, think about it. Because right they're like now, 20 school... and 21. Oh, really? Yeah. That's probably why she had the panic in the mid. Like, I'm talking a lot of shit, well, I, ain't I? Well, I yes, am. I am. I'm judging. You know why? Because I went to college mm-hmm. the regular way. Like, like your parents? Broke my ass. Yeah. Donating out tons of applications. to... Brandeis. Exactly. Yes, Parents, grandparents bought a wing for the library, <laughs> exactly. and there we go. We all knew. Isn't I that knew crazy that. though that like that happened at Brandeis, and people would be very upfront about it. Yes. And like they would say it to you. They were so smug. Those fucking Brandeis kids. They'd be like, "Well, I get to park in H lot because my grandfather built this building," and I'd be like, right, "Good okay. for you, John Shapiro." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to. I'm pretty sure they're. Black people at Howard and Hampton who probably said the same thing. You possibly. Like, Do your thing, brother. I, honestly, Sister, prob- probably. Yeah. But Well, this is the thing that, for me, it's most interesting about this. They spent so much money trying to get them into the school with these, like, backdoor channels. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it would have probably cost you maybe... One percent, let's say at the most ten percent of that, mm. to just get them the proper study aids and and guides and tutors and so so. I honestly, like... it wasn't worth it because you didn't actually have to commit a crime here. Your kids already had an upper hand, mm-hmm. and then you have money. If you have five hundred thousand dollars to spend to bribe and get them into the school, then you could have just spent fifty thousand dollars. Getting them to do it the right way. You know what I feel like? I feel like they probably tried. I feel like those kids probably <laughs> had tutors. Well, no, no, no. Not to say that your kids were dumb, but sometimes <laughs> you say your the kids, kids were dumb. Well, let's say, well, your kids aren't dumb, but maybe either they aren't applying themselves, or maybe they just aren't at that level of that school. Mm-hmm. You know, the SAT, what ACT, whatever their scores right. are. It's like, well, maybe you're not Cornell bound. Well, it's maybe getting you're... tougher and tougher. Yeah, it's the, getting the college tougher. admissions yeah. uh, game is 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 getting to be quite yeah. ridiculous. You have to have other extra acti- extracurricular activities. And these schools are only admitting like 9%, something yes. like that. you like, oh, you're trying to get into UCLA? You legit have to have like a perfect SAT yeah. score. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And then there are also diversity is a big issue too, so I'm pretty sure there are lots of Well, we're talking about white, white kids No, right no, no I'm, saying, I'm saying for them. They're pretty sure there are lots of white kids who are upset and parents oh, like they, they met, upset. they're mad about the 3% of the black kids that get to go? Yeah, exactly. Oh. And it's just like, because they feel like, oh, my spot is being taken by you. We, yeah, that stuff definitely came up at Brandeis, too. Oh, all the so. time. You know, all 77 of us oh, black yeah. kids were causing issues for those white kids to yes, get in. Yes, it's like, really? 77. Yes, it's 77 of yes. us when we were on campus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. The, the diversity is the issue that the white kids can't mm-hmm. get in. Well, maybe your mom should have dropped a mill 
Maybe Aunt Becky should have came up on that bread. Yeah. So she five hundred thousand to get you in, and another five hundred to cover her tracks. Oh, God. Nope. You got caught, Aunt Becky. And guess what? Oh, Becky, <laughs> it's not gonna work. Now, honestly, I really hope they get convicted. And don't give us no bullshit time served mm-hmm. plus a fine plus probation. Like, make Aunt Becky do time. Make them exam. Make Aunt Becky do time because I only bring this up because. Um, Sean King mm-hmm. posted on his Instagram that while white people who already have, like white people with money who already have these advantages for their children in terms of they're going to better schools, they they have the money for the tutors, for all this other stuff, they're doing this. And then black and brown parents are, are going to prison mm-hmm. for forging addresses. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Because I was like, that's not a crime. And I was like, that's definitely a crime. That's fraud. I was like, is it? Yeah. Because my mother definitely did that for Mm. me in elementary school. Um, Yeah. We, most of my siblings went to this one school, 262, at least for elementary. It's in our zone. It's like, it was like three blocks from my house. And um, two of my sisters went to this other school for junior high. So Mm -hmm. you get a little further for junior high. But that school went from kindergarten to the eighth grade. It was a magnet school. And my mother wanted me to go. Sorry, I'm typing in the background so I can pull this up. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother wanted me to go to that school. But they said they wouldn't even test me because I wasn't in the zone for elementary school. So she put, I think it was like my godmother or something. Mm -hmm. She put her address on my application. So they tested me. And the funny thing was I tested through the roof. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, we haven't seen test scores like this probably ever. Like when I tell you, like I was like 96 percentile. On all the statewide tests, everything. Mm-hmm. Graduated valedictorian from that school, everything. Yeah. And it's just like, just think that they weren't going to let me even go to the school because I wasn't in the zone. Yeah. Now, you're going to arrest my mom? Yeah, for that. For forging the address? That's crazy. Yeah. And we got found out because my sister kept taking me to school late. And the teacher, this was kindergarten. Yeah. The teacher yelled at her. And she's like, how do you live two blocks away and you're late every day? And she's like, we don't live two blocks away. And I just looked at her like, I don't think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, like, come on, girl. I was like six, though. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get in trouble yeah. for this. Not my um, problem. Yeah. I mean, we got found out, and it was like, whatever. Because I think at that point, the school was like, well, nah, we're keeping her mm-hmm. now. Like, she's smart. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> so I was tutoring this first grader on math. Oh, yeah. I was in kindergarten. So I think at that point, they were like, no, 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 no. This could be good for our legacy. Mm-hmm. Let's keep her. <laughs> yeah, let's keep her. <laughs> so my mom didn't get arrested, thank God. But Thankfully. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, for, this for this woman, Kelly Williams Bowler yeah. in Ohio, and this was a what, few like, years ago. Few, yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, I just looked that up because when he said that, I was like, "Is this true?" But didn't she it get up? She true. was. She didn't do any jail time though, from what I heard. I heard I could have read incorrectly. It seems like the judge reduced her sentence. They gave her like what something like eleven years or something crazy. Well, I was reading this thing um, on ABC News, and it said basically that like the the sentence was intended as a deterrent. Yeah. So it wasn't so much that they wanted her to have to go to prison. Um, but she, the school officials asked her to pay $30,000 back in tuition. And she said no. And she said no. Yeah. Um, so she was indicted and and convicted of falsifying her residency records. And but I'm she like, spent half the time at her father's place because he was elderly. So she had to, they spent half the time at their residence. That's the thing. And then, her dad did live in the district. Exactly. So yes, 
they spent half the time where at their home and mm-hmm. then half the time at her dad's place. Yeah. So I feel like they could have let that one go because it was like, well, technically they did live there. Yeah. They lived there with her dad. She did ten days in county jail, yeah. and then she had three years of probation. But then it also interfered with her like teaching license or something because of, under the the city or the state law, she wasn't able to get that when she needed it. That's what I read too. Oh, that's really shitty. Yeah. But because also, I mean, those things. And I'm pretty sure some of those things are in place as far as like zoning and all of that because there's a lot of people, but then people need to understand that, yeah, like you, like say they were going to send you to a bad school, mm-hmm. or not a bad school, but a school that didn't but have the resources. But one that wasn't as academically one, Yeah, and didn't have the resources. That affects your whole future. Absolutely. So it's just like, okay, it's, it's they aren't looking at the socioeconomic Oh and, no, and, honey, they are. Well, they know about it. And it's it. what's intended. Yeah, it's what's intended. Well, yeah. poor kids poor. It's what's intended, yeah. And then poor neighborhoods. You know, the, the nerve was they had to say that basically the issue for the school was that she, her kids went to a school for which she did not pay taxes for. Mm-hmm. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that I pay taxes for that I don't reap no goddamn benefits yeah. for. I don't see... Any of that? Mm-hmm. You want to say it's infrastructure and all this other stuff? Please, tell me how. Because where I live, y'all not building any of that stuff up. Exactly. So, don't play yourself. No. That's a really, really poor and really shitty excuse. Yeah. So, let's keep it real. You didn't want these poor people in your prestigious school because you want to keep the poor people poor. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't think about this. I, it just boggles my mind, too, how many people... I'm not the, I've never said I was the, I'm not the brightest career in the Bronx or anything like that. And I think some people think I live in a, uh, a, a, a world where it's like, oh, well, everyone's, everyone's good and everyone's, you know, sweet. And it's just like, well, no, I don't. But I think it's weird for me when people don't see things that are right in front of their faces. Like they get, like we always talk about getting angry or, mm-hmm. or they don't understand why why the world is and they pride themselves on their knowing their history and knowing this and it's just like how can you be so no you claim you know all about america and you can name every fucking general and you can name every fucking holiday and talk about this and that but then with certain groups of people who are in certain situations you don't understand the dynamics and how these things have played out and it's such a huge part of america and where we come from well that's i think there's two things happening there um one is they don't want to know um, or they know and they're racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they, or they they have biases and they want to continue to live by them. Oh, Stanley, you having some wine today. I am, Yes, I am. pour it up. <laughs> um, sorry, but the, uh, and then I think the other thing is because if you only surround yourself with people that are like you, that that is all you will know. So if you never have black friends and Indian friends and uh, Chinese friends and Colombian friends, you will know absolutely nothing about those people and the things that they go through and the things that they deal with. And you will be in the dark. This is why with employers, it's just like, how do you think that your company is better off with the same kind of people? It's not. Because you will never understand what's going on outside of that way of thinking. You will never innovate. (laughs) You will never get ahead of the curve. Like, what would be funny is when you have the companies that think super outside of the box because they have a bunch of misfits (laughs) on their little cast of characters. Mm -hmm. Who completely destroy you. Yeah. I was listening to Work Life with Adam Grant. I love that podcast. And it was a whole episode about like the the benefit of hiring the misfits. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, it's just like, this is how Blockbuster ended up with their demise. Because 
you know, it's that, that, that same old, um, saying, right? It's just like, well, this is the way we've been doing it. If you continue to do things the way you've been doing it, you will never know that that way is antiquated. It's done. And that something new and better is happening and it's coming. You're going to end up behind the eight ball. Yeah. And a blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix at one point Mm -hmm. and refused and look at them now. (laughs) And it's just funny. It's really funny, but it's like, that's what the hell you get mm-hmm. for thinking you know everything and not thinking that listening to a perspective different from your own makes any sense or could benefit you. I it's agree. like, it's the reason why we have to watch Fox News. I just, like, it, it frustrates us, but we got to know what they yeah, say. You have to know what's going on. I just, my thing is, and you're an intelligent, intelligent person in other areas. Mm-hmm. And if people are saying that something is an issue and you feel like you disagree, educate your motherfucking self on the, on the facts, <laughs> which I don't think people do. I'm sorry, they don't. When they when we talk about women's issues or mm-hmm. or anywhere there's social justice issues and people feel like they feel a certain way, I feel like those people should just do A, B, and C. And it's like, motherfucker, have you read about this? Have because you really looked into this? Educating yourself takes time and effort and energy that they are not willing to put into it because it's not important enough. And that's them. to me where it comes. That's where it's some bull. If you have not. Because we don't know everything. But it's just like, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, for instance. Right. But it's just like, if a whole group of women are saying certain things to me about things that they feel, about how things are, what kind of idiot would I be to just go, know what, you should do A, B, and C. That's just not true. Or say it's not happening. It's not happening. Or even if I did agree, well, you know what, I agree with you here. Shouldn't I try to understand, especially if this group, it's like, you know what, let me really listen to you. Let me also try to educate myself so I... I will say, these people who are complaining, who are hurting, who are angry about mm-hmm. something, I'm going to really try to look at every nook and cranny and, and figure out what you're saying and if I agree with it or not. Because if right. you're not doing that, then you cannot say that these people are wrong. You cannot form a, 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 a just opinion. Yeah. I, unfortunately, though, that's people just, don't do it's that. becoming that way more and more. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to actually read read anymore if it's more than 140 characters they don't want it <laughs> yeah if you post a video it's longer than two minutes sorry like it's just we it's we're gonna end up in like fahrenheit 451 at mm. some point um where we don't want information we want to live sort of in this bubble of well just tell us what it is and then we'll go along with it unfortunately that's how we end up with this admission scandal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article in the New York Times that was talking about um, snow plowing and how mm-hmm. that's the new helicopter parenting. Yeah. And that's how we get things like this admission scandal mm-hmm. um, where parents, uh, The I think the best line in it was for me was like, I think an expert said it that parents, instead of preparing their kids for the road, they're preparing the road for their kids. Mm-hmm. So they do everything they can to keep their children from failing or from ever being disappointed or experiencing any kind of hardship. Yeah. And it's that whole participation um, mm-hmm. like generation, right? Where it's just everyone gets a trophy for participating. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm highly competitive. <laughs> so I was playing checkers at work. Yeah. On a break with a girl the other day. And I was on hold for like an hour trying to get through with some um, company. And while we were playing checkers and I was like, if I lose, I'm going to say it's just because I was distracted. And when I say I destroyed her in this mm-hmm. game, I mean, I was being so competitive. I was playing her side too. I was like, girl, jump me right here. What are you doing? Oh and like, God. she was like, you really are super competitive. I was like, I am. Yeah. And it's not good. But I'm of that era of you don't get a participation trophy. Yeah. If you didn't. Earn the win 
then you get nothing. And the people who won get all the glory. They get to gloat and to throw it in your face. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that because you would also tell, like, if you had a child, I'm sure, mm-hmm. who wasn't so great at something. You would tell them, honey, as long as you're having fun and you did a good job, it's good that you try. Pretty sure you would encourage them in a way that sometimes it's not always about the win. It's like, you didn't win, so you're not getting the medal. Well, but I'm proud of you for trying. Especially if thing. you saw that they enjoyed if it. They, if they tried, yes. yes. But if they're just like, well, I want this thing, but they just want to sit there and not do anything for it, I'd be like, guess what? Lazy bones don't get a trophy. Well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they didn't <laughs> like, win a trophy, but you saw that they were still trying and giving and they enjoyed right. it, and they were still trying to get to where they needed right. to go, you would encourage, I think you would, that's the parents' yes. job to encourage them but the issue with the snowplowing parents is that they are trying to Change clear the, the way, right? And they're yeah. trying to clear the way for their kids. So no matter how little the kids try, they always win. And it's just like, well, you're not preparing them for the world. No. They say they did a study, I think with someone who did residence life um, at some, some pretty prestigious schools, Columbia, some other places. And um, they were talking about how how just crazy some of these parents were when they would call residence life and the issues that they would bring to them and like one mother how she called (laughs) to mediate Mm -hmm. a conversation with her daughter and the daughter's roommate over some stolen peanut butter Mm -hmm. and um they did a survey too and it was something like some wild percentage of the parents said that they would intervene like wow. on a college level, but then it was something like sixteen percent mm-hmm. of parents said they would call an employer. An employer. That's Let me tell you something. As a as a manager, mm-hmm. <laughs> if your mama called me, we're done here. The first thing I would tell your mother is don't ever call me again. I did not hire you. Yes. You do not work mm-hmm. at this place. So instead of calling me to complain about whatever it is, you better call your child and tell them to get it together. Exactly. Don't ever call me. Mm-hmm. And then your child can quit if that if, if this is the relationship that we need to have. But I didn't hire you. You don't work for me. Your child does. And they know what my expectations are. And they know what we do here. Yeah. They know what, what sort of tools and support I give them to do their job. And if they're not up for it, then they can walk. Mm-hmm. I wish a I parent wish, would. But you, but you taught for <laughs> a, a couple of years. And so yeah. I'm pretty sure you have stories of you feel like parents intervening when it's just like, no, this is your child. Mm-hmm. Or you should be doing a certain job at home because your child is like this. I'm pretty I, sure. Honestly, I didn't really experience that. And maybe it was just being in Newark uh-huh. is different. Uh, I had one time I kicked a girl out of my classroom because she asked to use the bathroom. And I was like, no, because you haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And she let the other kids hype her up like, oh, I will leave. I will leave. If you really got to go, I will leave. I was like, you're free to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So she got up to leave. And I was like, wait, wait, grab your bag because you're not coming back. So she took her bag and I guess they found her wandering the halls. So security and the department chairwoman brought her back. And it was like, well, she can't stay in the hall. So let her back in the class and just call her parent. So I called her parent. Her father was trying to give me an earful and mm-hmm. I wasn't here for it. Yeah. Was not here for it. Well, how would you know if she needed to use the bathroom? I said, I don't. Mm-hmm. I said, but I also don't care. That's not my concern. Yeah. Whether or not she needed to use the bathroom is in my concern. Whether or not she gets her work done is my concern. I said, and what 
what my students know, which maybe you don't because you didn't come to parent teacher night, and mm-hmm. I guess she didn't share this with you. We only get 42 minutes in the period. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of time to do the work we need to do. So I have told the children, I don't give a lot of homework. I give almost no homework because you can't trust they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it was just a thing with Newark Public Schools and homework. So it was just like, we were already trained not to give a bunch of homework. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a lot of homework. I expect a lot of you for the 42 minutes I get you. Mm-hmm. If you need to use the bathroom any of that stuff you better do it before class yeah like honestly do it before class because but also too it's the first it's the top 10 minutes of the class you haven't done anything Mm -hmm. they knew as soon as they sat down there's always a do now on the board there's Mm -hmm. always something to do as soon as you walk in so while i take attendance they're busy they're Mm -hmm. not just sitting there so she couldn't even do that and i was just like She's been coming to my class for how long? She knows how this goes. So I don't care if she had to use the bathroom. If she needed to use the bathroom that bad, in the 10 minutes that she sat there, she should have done something. Mm-hmm. And then I would have let her go. And she knows that. Yeah. So you could be upset all you want. I don't know what to tell you, Mr. Ferguson, mm-hmm. you know, whatever his name was. But no, I'm not. She's got a zero for the day. So I suggest she gets the homework assignment for somebody or that's going to be a zero on the homework too. Mm-hmm. It all counts. When I tell you that girl came back to class the next day, she apologized to me and I never had a problem out of her ever again. And she not only was not a problem, she became a champion for me. Whereas if another student was acting around it, she would tell them to be quiet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's her parent had a conversation with her after that and it was like, get your ass together, I'm going to whoop that ass. Yeah. Like... Or if her father thought about what I said and it was just like, yeah, 42 minutes isn't a lot of time, especially if you're not giving homework, you need to be getting your work done. Yeah. Why did you sit there for 10 minutes and do nothing? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be rewarded for that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you could spend another 10 minutes in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Nah, I'm good. No. That's that's smart. But it takes like for the parents to do that, for the parents to actually be a part of rearing their kids in that way. Oh yeah, they have to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's why it takes a village to say that old saying. It's just like, well, because imagine if you had, if you were a good parent and then you had a shitty teacher. It's like when my child isn't getting what they need to get in right. the classroom. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a teacher and then you have to deal with a student who's a little bit disruptive and they're a child. They need guidance. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're going to their parents to support and their parents are unsupportive. It's like, fuck, I can't do this by myself. Right. I have this annoying ass piece of shit student. You know what though? Sometimes what happens... That happens where their parents are really shitty and then you as a teacher, you not having it and they code switch. Mm -hmm. When they walk into your classroom, they get it together. Mm -hmm. And when they go home, they act crazy because when I was coaching, when I was coaching um, baseball with Harlem RBI for like nine and 10 year olds, Mm -hmm. like softball, I had a little boy like that. He was horrible to his mother. But he knew not to play with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time his mother came and brought like drinks and snacks for all the kids at one of the games. And I just remember him yelling at her and just being really disrespectful. And I didn't remember this. One of the other coaches told me. But she said, I grabbed him by his neck, mm-hmm. like by his shirt, um, and pulled him in. And I was like, you better go. But I do remember telling him. I don't remember grabbing him. But she was like... You were like, you better go and apologize to your mother. Mm-hmm. You will never disrespect your mother in front of me. And I remember that. And he apologized to her. And she thanked me. And I said, don't thank me. Get it together. <laughs> I was like 20, 21. But I remember I was like, don't thank me. Get it together. Like, he won't be as disruptive. And I don't have to deal with him. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to discipline him. No, like, you're not his he should. I shouldn't get him this disruptive. There's no. a little boy named Justin, I remember. Because Justin was always disruptive. And it took a little bit. But I got Justin together. But 
that was when he was with me yeah. and the other coach. But when he went home, he was brat and he was superbly disrespectful to his mother. But she coddled him and she babied him yeah. and she ran and she did everything at his whim. And, it, and I, just, I remember the other coach said, you put like, you put the fear of God in that little boy. She said, you grabbed him by his old, his old uniform. You pulled him close. She said, and the look in his eyes. And I said, I don't remember that. It's but it sounds thing. like something I would do. I hope he remembers that because you think about... Because some people say, like I was telling someone how you cannot... It's, it's difficult when you give people pointers about their children. And mm-hmm. people feel like you don't have kids and mm-hmm. you can't say. And it's just like, I don't need kids to t- say... If I feel to make an opinion about your parenting, it's like, no, because we're not stupid. It's just like, there's certain things you shouldn't, you feel like you shouldn't do. Right. And that would turn. I didn't tell her what kind of juice to give him. Yeah. How to pack his lunches. It's like, no, but. It was very simple. Don't let your son be disrespectful. Yeah. And it's like, that's behavior. And it's like, if you give them or do these, your kid's going to turn out like a piece of shit. Right. Are they going to have piece of shit tendencies? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we all know that. And you know that. But you're trying to make it easier for you because you feel like. I feel like people feel like they're the only ones that are parents. And it's like, people have been doing no. this for millennia. It's for like, there's the nothing special. But there's nothing special. Your kid, your kid, of course, has his own, his or her own way of being. Mm-hmm. They're an individual. But overall, there's nothing important about you or your child, which has never happened in history of right. mankind before, that makes you so special. Like, well, my kid is difficult. Bitch, everybody's kid <laughs> have some difficulties. <laughs> it doesn't make you special. It doesn't make your child any less special. But it is the way it is. I feel like people feel well, like... Well, it's excuses. They're making excuses because they don't... No one wants to be criticized, especially for their parenting. And no one wants to feel like their their kid being shitty is their fault. But you got to take some responsibility for it. Like, hey, if you are a snowplow parent, then yeah, when your child grows up to be a shitty adult, Mm -hmm. it's you. You have trained them up to think that everyone and everything is supposed to buckle to their needs. When you call an employer... And you say, like, why didn't my kid get this raise? Or, well, my kid's having difficulty with this coworker. What are you going to, this colleague, what are you going to do about it? What? Yeah. Who are you? And I, my response would be, who's your child? Real quick, like, who? <laughs> okay. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And I'd find some way to manage that piece of shit out. Listen, in cu- working in customer service, mm-hmm. you see it. When I tell you, I'm not going to talk about which jobs, but... The members, I have also been in, yes, yes. but I'm talking the members that have come in and you've signed this agreement. Mm-hmm. It clearly states everything it needs to. It's only a page long. And then your response is, well, you know, no one reads these things. My response is always, but you should yeah, you because should. you're signing it. Yeah. And by signing it, you know, you're saying you agree to this stuff. So all I can do on my end is assume that you've read it because you've signed it, which says you read it yeah. and you agree. But then you get the people, the 24 and 23, well, my dad's a lawyer and I'm going to have him sue you guys. And I'm like, you are well within your rights to do that. And it's like, your father's a real estate lawyer, bitch. But even still, if your father's an actual, like, smart attorney, have him read it. I remember this girl came in and was, like, chopping her hands at me. She was so angry about the agreement. She wanted out. And I was like, you can get out of it. This is how you get out. You You literally... Sign this this cancellation form, mm-hmm. and you got one more month with us. That's it. That's it. She was so mad. She was, and then not only did she want us to cancel it, then she wanted money back for the mm. previous month. Bye, bye, Becky. No. 
So <laughs> she like called someone, I guess. I'm going to call my dad. He's a lawyer. So she calls this person and I think they were telling her she was wrong. Yes. Because then she just left. <laughs> she didn't come back about it. And then days later, she came back and signed the cancellation form. Of course, she waited till I wasn't there. Of course. Signed the cancellation form and then was done with it. And I'm like, yeah, because whoever you spoke to was an intelligent person that can read. And realize, no, you signed this, and this is what it says, and it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's not fine print. Yeah. It is what it is. But the problem is, these kids with the snowplow parents are so used to getting everything that they want that it has created a generation of people who feel 100% entitled, yet 0% accountable. That's true. I said, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Those things can't exist together. No, not at all. If you want all the entitlement and what comes along with it, then you have to take the accountability with it, too. I agree. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? It's atrocious. It, it, it is atrocious, actually. Yeah. It's atrocious and it pisses me off because it's just that's kind of where the culture is going. You know, we'll be phased out eventually. Our generation... It's true. I'm phased out. Our generation of workers will be phased out and then... What will become of the work environment is what I would love to know. I still, like I said, I still feel like people are going to work hard because you, it's everyone that you need leaders. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you're going to be a leader is if you're sort of, I think, pushing the envelope and, and, and working hard to stand out amongst the crowd. So it's just like, you're still, you're still going to have people who are going to have good work ethic mm -hmm. and still burst out. Like we were talking like, you're still going to have that. It, right. It's going to have to exist. Well, it has to, or America's going to find itself in a serious a, a really detrimental um workforce situation which oh, uh, i think that's something they're saying is happening already yeah it's history but right you know? but i mean it's um innovation is one thing but then it's just like you still need people okay. to fuel that and to push this forward so if the snowplow parents keep up with their bullshit and the aunt becky's and felicity huffman's of the country continue in this vein they are really making it a lot more difficult for these kids to learn on their own and to be innovative. Yeah. Um. So yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna Which is fine if you if they gonna do that, then I'll bring up my Raheem's and Jamal's mm -hmm. and Erica's to, you know. We're all gonna be speaking in thirty years. We'll all be speaking. 40 years we'll all be speaking like mandarin and chinese because china probably will be the world power and you know then... what the worst part is we won't be because we're american we won't learn it no no no. but at some point if we're not no longer the world power then things will operate in that language that's just like english yeah that's like true. so then you know 60 years or whatever it is i keep raising yeah. the, the number i mean the only reason why i'm against that is because china's communist so, you know, but, we don't want dictatorship to take over the world. Well, they won't necessarily... It's not like America took over the world. I think our influence right. was very much felt everywhere. So we'll probably feel certain Asian-centric influences. Mm -hmm. and um, But we'll still live similar to the way we live now, possibly. Or maybe we won't. Who knows how we would change. No, I think so. Because I think even still with um, countries in the East taking over in a lot of ways, they still look to a lot of Western influence to shape what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah you know, I read my fashion and beauty news every day mm -hmm. and, um, China is definitely coming up and they were talking about China basically trying to create an LVMH, like their answer to LVMH. America's yeah. been trying to do it too, um, with Michael Kors, but, um, but they were saying that those companies scooped up a whole bunch of Western companies versus... Yeah. 
like creating their own you think it's smart. Chinese companies. And and even just with Instagram, Instagram just introduced last year, I think now we're able to purchase directly from Instagram. Oh, yeah, it's like two hundred re- retailers. Mm-hmm. But apparently China, I think it's China and like some other Asian countries have already had this. It's right. existed for a while. Right. So they've been far I mean they've been far ahead as far as technology and they've already been using these things. Yeah. So I think that's where kind of we're not gonna be the world power forever as long as we're not like Well, as long as Trump is in office. Nope. Yeah. As long and as, with that Yes. Yeah. Um we gotta go. Uh, we got lots to talk about next episode, which we do. we're gonna record right after this. Yes, fun time. Yes. It's a Saturday. <laughs> um, but before we go, Standrick, where can they find you? Where can they find me? Where can they write to us? Give them all the info. Well, on Instagram, you can find us at Standrick W. Or my, me. You can mm-hmm. find me at Standrick W. You can find us at Black Hipster Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can find you at Always Fashion Week on always Instagram. You can week. always write us. I think it's blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you listen to your fo- podcast um, on It's the Wine. Spotify, um, Spotify iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher. Don't forget to rate us. Yes, rate us, comment. Top stars. Exactly. <laughs> Send us in. You and know, subscribe. And subscribe as well, which is yeah. very important. Yes, yes. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.